Fellas, fellas, fellas. Fellas, good morning. Dropping episodes 5 a.m. every day, fellas. How's it going? It's getting late right now. It's actually almost 11 p.m. Uh, I have been cleaning my room out all day after work. Went to work, hit the gym, just been cleaning my room out all day. I want to rearrange everything. I want to buy a lot of stuff, uh, some new equipment. Um, I'm gonna, I'll tell you all more about it later in the week. Yeah, fellas, today we have the AFC East. Tomorrow we're gonna hit the South. We are talking the Bills, Pats, Finns, and the Jets. This is probably gonna be one of the shorter episodes that, that you'll hear from me. Um, I want to be more to the point, right? I, I want to just, I don't, I don't want to waste time. Like last episode was like 40 minutes, and I kind of dragged on, but. This episode's gonna be a lot quicker and a lot a lot more to the point, okay? So I'm just gonna hit you guys with facts after facts after facts. And remember, this is dark horse for each team. Alright. The dark horse player for the Buffalo Bills that I have come up with 100 percent has to be Zach Moss, okay? We're we're obviously can't be Josh Allen. Josh Allen just balled out. Stephon Diggs is one of the best receivers in the entire league. Uh we're not uh, dude, miss me with a Gabriel Davis hype. And just for the record, I am a Devin Singletary owner, okay? So this hurts me a little bit, but I'm hitting you guys with the truth. The Buffalo Bills offense is probably top three in the entire league, okay? They could be number one. Like, they're just disgusting. And the fact that Zach Moss has an ADP of RB36 and his overall ADP, his overall ADP is 101, right? Let that sink in. 101. This guy only has to beat Devin Singletary. Devin Singletary is not, I mean, I should have sold high, man. Like, that's something I missed out on. I've been, I've owned Devin Singletary for like two years in Dynasty now, and and I probably should have capitalized after his okay, whatever you want to call his rookie year. It wasn't even okay, but, but he got kind of hot at the end of the year after Frank Gore said, see ya. But, uh, he was, Singletary's the only one left on the roster, right? And, and the following season, Right, that's the hype really built up for Singletary, and that's when I should have sold and capitalized, but I didn't. I messed up. I'm a robot. I don't know what to tell you guys. I messed up. It happens, man. But but look, let's let's get back on track. Um, Zach Moss has truly taken over the backfield more than people believe. Right at the end of the year, listen listen to these splits, okay? So here we go. Ready. First two weeks, Zach Moss had uh, under 50% snap percentage. Then he was injured for three weeks. The next two weeks, again, under 50%. And then from week eight on, right, this is, this is what I really want to hit on. So weeks eight, nine, 10, 12, and 14, they had to buy one of those weeks. Um, but all of those weeks that I just listed, he had over 50% snap percentage, right? Really simple. The year was, you know, these were the most important games for Buffalo. And who was in the most? It was Zach Moss. Zach Moss played more than ever towards the end of the year. And this trend, right, this wasn't one or two games. This is not a cherry-picking stat. This is the majority of, of you know, down the stretch, the most important games, right? One issue I have with Zach, Zach Moss is he never got a lot of targets, right? That, you know, that's got to change. But, like, look, I'm not here to tell you that Zach Moss is going to be a top 12 running back next year because he's not. I'm just saying, like, if he finished anywhere from RB20 to 28, like, dude, I would not be blown away. Look, look, his rookie year, man, he was RB45, right? He had just under 500 rushing yards, four touchdowns, 14 receptions, 100 yards. 
I mean, look, there's nothing special about what he did as a rookie, right? I was just happy with what he did in the final six or eight games as a rookie. I love that Buffalo used him more. He has ideal measurables, 215, 510, 23 years old. And his college production was actually stupid. But yeah, I know he played against like literally Dick Cheese McGee and that was about it too. And here's another stat for you guys from weeks eight on Devin Singletary only had two weeks with 50% or higher snap percentage. Okay. What does that tell you guys? Uh, Devin Singletary is 5'7". He's 203. I, I think he's pretty under... Like, dude, he's barely got the measurables. I, I don't even like his measurables, right? 5'7", I'm not happy with. But but he checks the two, 200-plus pound uh, barely. He barely checks that box, right? And Buffalo is going to lean on the better runner moving forward, which would be Zach Moss, right? Devin Singletary is more of... Uh, he, he's the running back that, get, that receives more... He gets more receptions obviously and and I don't necessarily know if they're going to utilize him that way again right it, it's essentially like Tariq Cohen and David Montgomery that's like that's a pretty good analogy right I'm not talking about the talent of the two players I'm just talking about the roles that they're utilized in right Singletary catching the balls Cohen catching balls Monty and Zach Moss being the dominant runner on the team um, the only problem is with Buffalo, of course, you have Josh Allen, who's going to, he's going to be a vulture. He's going to take a lot of the uh, goal line touches. I get it. I get it. But look, where Zach Moss's ADP is, man, running back 36 on an offense, that's top three. That, that's all I got to say, man. He's, he, he's, he's a good value right now. I don't know how much it's going to change by the time we get to August, September. But yeah, as of today, July 15th, I like Zach Moss's ADP and, this is a player that I think is honest to God worth like a second round pick, mid to second round, uh, mid to late second round pick in Dynasty. Just so we get this straight, Zach Moss is the best running back on the Buffalo Bills. All right, moving on. The second team I want to talk about is the Patriots. This is one of the ugliest teams for fantasy purposes. Uh, kind of like year in and year out. They're, dude, they're just nasty. Like, you don't want to draft the Patriots, especially running back, but here we are talking about Damian Harris, okay? I don't. I don't want to talk about any of their receivers. I, they're not worth your time. Do not draft any of their wide receivers. If you want to have fun, go flirt with Cam. Do do what you want. I'm not going to be drafting Cam. Um, but let's talk about Damian Harris, man. He's got to be one of the most interesting, most polarizing players on the entire, maybe in the entire league, man. Damian Harris, like I hear a very wide variety uh, of opinions on this player. So as you guys know, he had back-to-back thousand-yard seasons at Alabama, right? He was very, very successful. He had a good uh, production, uh, good, co- good collegiate production, I should say, right? And it's funny because he got drafted much later than Josh Jacobs, right? But he was utilized more with Alabama, and I think primarily it was due to the fact that Alabama was running away with games, right? These games were over, and they don't want to put Josh Jacobs in. They don't want to put their A players in. You know, they wanted to put their B players in. And, and in this case, you know, it was Damian Harris, right? You know, he's he's getting more volume than Josh Jacobs, more rushing attempts. And, and this is pure proof because Alabama is just a powerhouse and they destroy everybody and everything in their path. So, like, I didn't really like Damian Harris a whole lot coming out, but he does check a handful of boxes for me. He was the third round 87th overall pick by the New England Patriots. Hey, guess what? That's a day two pick. Day two running backs are fine, man. You know, we're not talking Michael Carter, day three running back. We're talking someone relevant, right? Day two running back. Statistically, historically, they hit, the hit rate is so much higher. 
yeah, honest to God, analytics are, are very, very important to a certain degree, right? There's no perfect formula or recipe that can tell you if a player is going to hit or not, right? There, you know, that, obviously that does not exist, but but an- analytics truly give you a very good idea of who you should aim to draft, right? And and this is a player who was, I believe, drafted the final pick of our dynasty rookie draft, right? And that, that was like in my opinion, a very, very good value, right? A starting running back, potential starting running back, and you get him the final pick. So, like, I, you know, that's 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 damn good value. That's what that is. So it's funny because Damian Harris with New England, right? You have Cam Newton, and then we just talked Zach Moss and Josh Allen, right? Both of these running backs are the starting running backs for their teams. Both of these running backs have quarterbacks who are very mobile and will likely be maybe their biggest threat right and that's funny and also crazy to say because both of those quarterbacks are going to score a lot of rushing touchdowns they're they're going to run a lot right and especially in the goal line man like that's the biggest issue is is i'm telling you cam and josh allen are, are going to steal a lot of fantasy points from damian damian harris and zach moss owners and it's going to be very frustrating but like if you're drafting these players like that shouldn't even be in the back of your mind. Like that, you know, that should be one of the first things that comes to mind. Okay. Uh, Damian Harris as a rookie had what he plays two games. He, he, he had like four rushing attempts. Okay. So he was buried on the depth chart, right? He was, he wasn't a dart throw because he was a, he was a day two pick. Okay. So new England invested fairly decent draft cap in him. And then his second year, this past year that just happened, he was, so he was RB 54 in the year. Again, he had 137 rushing attempts, but but he had over five yards per carry, almost five and a half yards per carry. Okay, like that's an incredible number, but but the volume wasn't there, and and that's probably going to be the problem this season as well, man. The volume likely will not be there. Like, will he get more volume? Yeah, absolutely. But is he going to get Josh Jacobs 273 rushing attempts this year? No, absolutely not. You know, that's that's not even not even close, man. Not even close. Um, but I want to talk about his measurables real quick. He's 24, 5, 11, 215. He's a beast, man. He's a beast. There's actually a lot to like about Damian Harris, but, but here's something you guys should think about. What if Cam Newton leaves or gets hurt or just benched? That means Mac Jones is in and that's huge for Damian Harris. Okay. Like that's a very, very big because all of a sudden Mac Jones is not even close to being as uh, mobile as Cam Newton, right? And what does that mean? Damian Harris volume going up. Rookie rookie quarterbacks pretty frequently, you know, they lean on the run game. Um they they Damian Harris could be utilized as like a scapegoat here and and just his volume could theoretically go up, right? Everything would make perfect sense. So I don't know, man. It's it's interesting. I kind of like Damian Harris the more that I talk about him, the more that I dig into him, but He's not somebody I'm targeting. Uh, I mean, at his current ADP, he's he, like I'm just trying to be optimistic here, man. Like, like I'm trying to talk positive about him. He's he's not one of my guys. He's not one of the guys that I target ever. He's I I never draft him. But but uh, if you want to take like if you're doing you know zero RB, if you if you want to look at Damian Harris late, go for it, man. It's uh he's he's one of the better later running backs that you can come away with from the draft, right? If you want to go, like, receiver early, receiver, receiver, you know, whatever you want to do. Fellas, we're moving on. 
Talking about the Dolphins. Fellas, this is the third running back we're talking about in a row. I don't mean to keep talking about running backs. I actually like talking about running backs more than any other position, but but here we are. We're talking about the gas man, Miles Gaskin. Yes, is Miles Gaskin low-key a dark horse? Could he low-key be a trap play this year and and bust? I don't know. Let's let's figure it out. All right, we're going to talk about it. I got to fit you guys in more, give you more information about Miles Gaskin. A lot of people don't know. So, Miles Gaskin played at Washington four years, right? Four years at Washington, Pac-12. He had 1,300 yards as a freshman. That, sheesh. Dude, that's stupid. Sophomore year, 1,370. Junior year, 1,380. And then the final year, his senior year, 1,268. Okay. So this man had over 5,000 rushing yards in his four years. 57 rushing touchdowns on the ground. Sheesh. Okay, now that you guys know that, right? And, like, God only knows what the competition was like against Washington those four years, okay? But, you know, the crazy production that he had is is the only reason that is truly the only reason he was he was uh, drafted, right? Because he, he, he went round seven, 234th overall, right? It's crazy that he is where he is today because of the draft cap, and I cannot stress it enough, like, draft cap matters draft cap is so important you know i understand chris carson is another outlier but that is it man that is literally it they're i'm telling you day three running backs or later you you know it's so difficult for them to hit and chris carson is like living proof you know that there are outliers but but i can't think of many other names aside from them and miles gaskin hasn't even hit yet right miles gaskin is just barely has a starting role He, he doesn't even have it technically right he just like on the depth chart, he's the RB one, but but he hasn't done anything yet. You know, his rookie year, when I, when I say he hasn't done anything, his rookie year he was RB eighty eight, played seven games, barely hit thirty one fantasy points. Christian McCaffrey literally had like thirty one fantasy points week one last year, and then his sophomore year this past year, Miles Gaskin just had uh, hundred sixty four fantasy points, finishes PPR running back twenty eight. He had under six hundred yards on the ground and. 41 receptions. 41 receptions is actually a very, very good number for the amount, uh, the amount that he played. You know, only 10 games. So, so that is that. That's very impressive. That is why he's the dark horse, right, for the Miami Dolphins, is because he had 41 receptions in 10 games. Okay, 16 game pace, man. If he played a full season with that pace, it would have been 65 and a half receptions. All right, that would have been in. <laughs> That would be top tier, top, top tier when it comes to receptions for running backs. Gaskin's five foot ten, two hundred pounds on the dot. He's a little undersized. I, I want I wish he I wish he'd put a little bit more muscle on. But yeah, those sixty-five receptions, right? That was his pace, a sixteen game pace. If he hit that number, sixty-five, if he played a full year, he would have been third in the entire league for running backs and receptions, only behind JD McKissick and Alvin Kamara, right? I'm just saying, man. He could be a value this year. And like simple stuff that people forget, man. The Dolphins did not, for a second year in a row, did not pursue a big name running back in the draft. Okay? They could have had Jonathan Taylor. They could have had Najee Harris. They could have had so many other guys, right? And what do they do? They they've just passed and they said, nah, we're fine. We're cool with Miles Gaskin. I'll tell you what, man, like that speaks volume. That speaks volume to me. It tells me that they believe in this kid and 
And I don't, like, he could low-key be a trap play, and I wouldn't be surprised. I would be like, yeah, I saw that coming. He didn't have the draft cap. Uh, Like, look, look, man, look at James Robinson, right? James Robinson was undrafted. Miles Gaskin was almost undrafted, right? If there's a better running back on the board next year and Miami takes him, don't be surprised, right? Look at Jacksonville. They said, hey, there's a good running back in Travis Etienne, late first round, we're just going to go, you know, BPA. We're going to take best player available, and that's what they did. So a year from today, if Miami takes a stud running back, uh, don't be surprised. I'm, I'm just saying, but but we're not worried about the future, right? You know, we're not talking dynasty right now. We're, this is just really a redraft. Like, we're talking this season for Miles Gaskin, and, and this is his year, man. Like, everything is – all the stars have aligned, okay, Miami, you know, they addressed the wide receivers in in the offseason heavily, right? They they just got Jalen Waddell. Uh, they added Will Fuller, yada, yada, yada. And I hear, like, a lot of people talking about Ryan Fitzpatrick and Tua and the splits that he had. Uh, but let's be honest, the splits were nearly identical, right? W- when both quarterbacks played last year, Miles Gaskin was, like, he was putting up almost identical numbers, right? His reception yardage was within four yards. His rushing attempts were within two. Uh, his rushing touchdowns were very similar. I, I mean, all, you look at all of his numbers, man, and, and it's crazy. They were they were very very similar. Whether it was Fitzpatrick starting or Tua, so like that, and that didn't bother me initially. But like, I saw some idiots, you know, yelling about it on Twitter, and I was like, I gotta debunk this because this is some bullshit you know what i'm saying yeah all right i don't know what else to say about miles gaskin man he had basically 40 percent snap percentage in every single game he was healthy and he had 40 receptions in 10 games all right you guys know that he could be a dual threat he's gonna catch a ton of balls he's probably not gonna break a thousand rushing yards but that's fine neither will deandre swift likely and guess what deandre swift will still arguably be like rb12 on the year something something really really good and look Miles Gaskin's probably going to, dude, he might beat his ADP at RB22 right now. But all in all, I do like Miles Gaskin more than Damian Harris, and it's not close. That's how I feel. I like Miles Gaskin more than I like Zach Moss. Fellas, we're going to talk about the fourth and final player. We are not talking about the Jets running backs, okay? We are talking about Elijah Moore. All right, fellas, 5'9", 178 pounds, second round pick. 34th overall, almost a first-round pick, almost a first-round pick, drafted by the New York Jets. His freshman year at Ole Miss, right? 36 receptions, 400 yards. Sophomore year, 67 receptions, 850 yards, made the big leap. And then his his junior year, he truly, truly broke out. 86 receptions, just under 1,200 yards, 8 touchdowns. Okay, college production was absolutely there. Now, his measurables, I, I just talked about him. His measurables, dude, I don't love them, right? I do not love them. This is not like the Denver Broncos yesterday where, where I was just tell, telling you guys how much I love all of their measurables. Elijah Moore, dude, 178 pounds. Dude, this reminds me of, like, T.Y. Hilton a little bit. Like, T.Y. Hilton was even smaller coming out, but I, I don't like that about Elijah Moore. Look, his talent is is absolutely there. He the the dude is good at football, and that is what's most important. Okay, draft cap again. He was almost a first round pick. Draft cap matters. Literally say that a thousand times. Draft cap matters. Okay, 
do not forget that because it truly is one of the best indicators in what a team wants to do with their future. You know, like even though the New York Jets don't know what the hell they're doing, they do know that they wanted to invest in this kid because he's a damn good player and they want to succeed with him. And and they need they they drafted him to be the alpha, did they not? I mean, I understand they just went out and got Corey Davis, but like, come on, whoop de doo Corey Davis has never broken a thousand yards. Corey Davis, no, 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 Corey Davis slander. Like, I like Corey Davis, but like, he is what he is, man. He's he's been disappointing. You know, when you look at Corey Davis's unreal college production, and then you look at what he's done in the NFL. At the end of the day, you have to admit that he has been disappointing, right? He hasn't been a bust. He hasn't been to kill Harry, but he's been disappointing. Okay, so Corey Davis, you know, he got he got a big contract. I get it. The Jets want to utilize him, but at the end of the day, the end of the day, the Jets just want to get as many weapons as possible around Zach Wilson, and that's very wise to do, right? It's very smart. Quick little stat production uh, prediction for Elijah Moore. I think he can hit like fifty receptions. I I do fifty. I'm gonna give him fifty. Okay, that might be like a little steep. People might be like, I don't know, man. Jerry Judy just had, what did Judy have, 52, right? Yeah, Judy had a solid rookie year, very, very solid. I think Elijah Moore can hit 50 receptions and right around like 600 yards and six touchdowns. I'm going to put, I'm going to give him like a very conservative, very uh, fair stat line, right? Could it be higher? Yeah, absolutely it could be higher. But uh, it's funny, man. You look back a year from today and we're probably sitting here recording podcasts saying the same thing about Denzel Mims, right? But yeah, man, just, wow, like, so much can happen in a year. So much can happen. Who knows, man? He could be like a fringe top 25 wide receiver a year from today, Elijah Moore. I don't think that's going to happen, right? But, hey, you never know. He's got a lot of time. He's going to build a lot of chemistry with Zach Wilson. And uh, I don't know, man. If I'm a Jets fan, I'm excited, you know. You got to be excited. New quarterback, new running back, new wide receiver, Corey Davis, and, and... Elijah Vera Tucker, dude, the Jets, the Jets have become so much more exciting on paper, right? New head coach. I, I get it. I get it. We'll see what happens, man. We'll see. Fellas, I'm going to wrap it up. Like I said, it's going to be a shorter episode. Tomorrow, we are talking the AFC South. We're doing Dark Horses, Colts, Jags, Titans, and the Houston Texans. Fellas, I'm getting out of here. I hope you guys had a great day. I had a great day. I appreciate y'all for listening. I love all y'all. All All right. I love all y'all. I love talking football and I love America. I'm out. Peace. Peace.